Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Empire Podcast. It's Raina and Christina here. And today we have Anne Casey, who we're going to be doing a mentoring session with. And we're so excited to have this conversation. You guys are going to enjoy it, especially if you work from home. But Anne is a 30-something ex-firefighter and paramedic turned wedding photographer and a mom living right outside Baltimore. I'm really excited about this conversation. I've never I don't think we've ever talked to a firefighter and paramedic on this. So, so excited. (laughs) And she's running two businesses, which is really cool. So we're going to be talking to Anne a little bit about what's happening in her business and hopefully be able to create some solutions for her. Welcome to the show, Anne. Hi, how are you guys? Yay. So excited to have you. Thanks. So tell us a little bit about how you got to your business. What's going on for you? So the long and short of it, I suppose, is that so I started out as a firefighter and a paramedic. I became a firefighter when I was 16 years old. It was the kind of the thing to do in my small town. And it's not nearly as terrifying as people make it out to be. It's so much fun. But, you know, I went through that. I got pregnant with my son. And several years ago, he's almost eight. And it's pretty hard to be on a fire truck when you're super pregnant. So I transitioned out of that, did the stay-at-home mom thing for a few years and, you know, bought the first camera at Sam's Club and it took off. And here I am. So I run my businesses from home and get to hang out with my kiddos and, you know, jokingly, I'm living the dream. I hang out in my sweatpants all day and pet my dog and try to juggle everything. <laughs> that is but your business isn't without a couple problems, which we can get into here because I think a lot of people can relate. They have a relatively good family life. The balance is something they're striving for, but there are just a couple components missing that would maybe make you a little bit more happy, keep you more sane, give you more time with your family. So what could we focus on today during your mentoring session, Anne? Uh, so yeah, that's definitely something I struggle with is, is just the juggling. I, so far I've definitely taken the step to, I, I give myself a day in the middle of the week to be the day that I run my errands or do my appointments, or it's kind of an anything goes day so that, you know, I do have a luxury. By the way, just like side note, that's, I think one of the best parts about being an entrepreneur. I have the luxury of doing my grocery shopping on a Wednesday morning when nobody else is. Yes. But with that being said, you know, the other days it's, you know, a Tuesday afternoon and I'm wondering to myself, should I be working like most people doing a nine to five or should I be folding laundry because I'm home? And that's, I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I feel like now that I have a new, well, sort of new baby, she'll be six months tomorrow, but you know, I'm, I'm still, ugh, that struggle of what do I do? What am I supposed to be doing? And you know, should I be in the office? Should I be, you know, doing the dishes? <laughs> it's one of those things that you want this freedom. You can like do the dishes or you can run errands or you can do whatever you want. But I think that like as entrepreneurs, so many people need a little bit of structure in order to thrive. And so it's mm-hmm. like that finding that balance of, okay, how much structure do I really want and how much freedom do I really want? That's what I'm hearing. Right. 
Um, another thing that we talked about right before we hit go on this is that you have some people in your family who kind of step on your family, not family, like business time boundaries. Tell, tell us a little bit about that too. Right. So one of my siblings loves to chat on the phone. He drives a lot for work and doesn't really have anybody else to talk to. That sounds terrible, but he likes to talk to me. He likes to check in and he can go on for a solid 45 minutes and he'll say, Hey, how are you? What are you doing? And I always say, Hey, I'm good. I'm working. And I don't think that it clicks to him that even though I do it from home in my sweatpants, doesn't mean that I'm like, you know, I'm actually running legitimate businesses and I need, you know, these are my work hours and it's hard to, it's hard to cut them off. It's hard to not answer the phone. I don't answer the phone every time he calls, (laughs) but yeah, the, the respect of those boundaries is it's been a couple of years now and I still, I'm just not getting it, not getting it from him. (laughs) This is a really big problem for a lot of people, um, including myself. So when I was living in Atlanta before I had an office, I was working out of my house. And one of the biggest frustration points was people would see my car in the driveway. They'd see the windows open and, and they walk would walk in your door. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, they don't get it. Right. And even now everybody thinks I'm on vacation. They're like, Oh, you're in Colorado. Like half the time, are you on vacation? Are you like, I saw you're skiing. And so it is really difficult to tell people, and especially when they're not in this world, like set the parameters and the boundaries around your workspace and what is appropriate and what is not. And so like with the people coming up to my house, I just had to put up a no soliciting and then finally a no trespassing sign. Oh my. And then I finally got like an office. <laughs> the next option would have been, you know, I guess a gate or something on the driveway. But I was just ruthless. I, I mean, I was really sweet and nice the first few times it happened. And then I was just like, listen, I know you're working. I'm actually working too. And I'm in my house while I work. So I need you to please leave. I'm not interested in whatever you have to sell. And it was just that like Kurt, that polite professional, but also very like, this is the way it is. And so that's easier to do with strangers. Now, when it comes to family (laughs) or like well-intentioned friends or people that are just maybe acquaintances or whatever it is in your life that they think you're on vacation or they think it's okay to ask you to run to the store in the middle of the day because, quote unquote, you're not at work. Those or your brother's situation, like those are the things that are, are much more difficult to manage. So I'm, I'm interested to see what Raina has to say. My two cents on it is it sounds like there has to be a separate phone call. <laughs> Hopefully he'd be amenable since he's so phone <laughs> loving, but you know, a separate phone call to just let him know that you love him. You care deeply about him, but these are the hours that you he cannot continue to call you just because as if you were working at a normal nine to five desk job, it's disruptive. It's interrupting your work and it's not something that you necessarily enjoy. And so you either have to say, listen, I'm going to set a timer at the beginning of our calls because I like talking to you and checking in with you frequently or having a conversation around what would be a better boundary? So for example, like one call per week or whatever it is that's appropriate for you and your relationship with him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I would totally agree with everything Christina just said. It sucks when people don't respect your boundaries that you already have for yourself and having to re-articulate or like articulating at all is hard and it's a difficult conversation. I would say stick to the facts so as much as you can rather than your feelings because the thing here about boundaries especially is that you're protecting your business by protecting your boundaries, right? You're saying, hey, I respect you. I appreciate you. I love you as a human. However, here are my boundaries and here are the facts about this. I need X number of hours in my day in order to be most productive or you know, effective in my business ownership. And if I don't do that, my family doesn't you know, be, we can't take home the money that my business makes or whatever the facts are essentially, but that's usually the case, right? Like we need to spend a little bit of time in order to make sure that we're doing the things we're taking care of the things in our businesses that allow us to be able to make a profit, be able to (laughs) pay the bills at home. Mm -hmm. And so I think he would understand that and saying, you know, I appreciate the fact that I, it doesn't look like I go to work, quote unquote, go to work like most people do, but this is what my work looks like. And just maybe like telling him that this is the setup you've got. And maybe he understands this already, but just reinforcing it and saying, here's my boundary. This is what I'm willing to do. And here's what I want to do. And here's how I think we should move forward. So what are some of the things that you can say to him that would make sense? And what are the boundaries that you kind of, like, what's the bottom line? Well, I mean, I think I think you make a good point with the one phone call per week because he likes to, gosh, he calls three or four times a week and at 30 to 45 minutes a pop, that's a lot of time. Um, And it's during the, it's during the weekdays too. It's never on the weekends. So I think if I tell him, you know, Hey, you know, Wednesdays are a day that I set aside for myself. I'd love to catch up with you on Wednesdays or, you know, maybe I'll see, I can talk to him while I'm editing. I can't talk to him while I'm trying to coherently write an email. So, you know, I could even take the step and say, Hey, the next time, you know, I'm editing, maybe I'll give you a call when I know I have the time to listen because he's definitely more of a talker than a listener. He needs to get his thoughts out of his head. So, (laughs) but yeah, maybe if I tell him, you know, Wednesdays, Wednesdays are a good day to get a hold of me, you know? Then. Have you guys ever tried an app like Voxer? No, I haven't. Brina turned me on to Voxer, so I'm I can't take credit for it. I'm a huge fan of Voxer. So it's basically a walkie-talkie app. And you can go back and forth with a person but not be on a call. And you can check the message whenever you want to. And so if he just needs to ramble at you, you can let the Vox go. I've had very long conversations with both clients and friends that are, you know, multiple minutes long, these boxer messages, and then they hit end and then you can listen to it later and you can respond to it later as well. And so you're not like doing that dead silence time or like, Mm -hmm. it's just a really cool tool to be able to have these conversations. So that might be a tool. Yeah, that sounds excellent. I think he would be into it too. He loves a good app. Okay, so I would say be proactive about this conversation. Don't wait till next time he calls. Just you and set it up. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about this thing. Um, how does that sound? That sounds great. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give that a try. And what do you think will happen as a result of having this conversation? Well, I hope that he'll take a step back and think before he picks up the phone to call me. I think he'll appreciate the conversation and my point of view and hopefully it will end well and my phone won't ring quite as often. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) 
that's the ultimate outcome, right? And I think that you can just circle back with him and say, hey, thank you so much for respecting my boundaries. And I really appreciate talking to you on Wednesdays when I edit or whatever. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's my guess is that this is not going to be something that you talk about once and the problem is solved. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's going to continue to test you. So my mentor, (laughs) Kelly Newsom-George, she's out in France, actually. And she always said this thing that used to annoy the... I'm not going to say it. It used to annoy the you-know-what out of me. And it was that something will stay in your life until it teaches you what you need to know. And she said that as soon as you learn the lesson or you improve like the behavior or the the thought pattern, whatever it is that's like holding you back, like there's some kind of limiting thing in your life. As soon as you learn the lesson that was there for you in particular to learn, it's going to leave your life. You won't have to deal with it again. And so that was so frustrating for me because it was like, well, then I just have to deal with it over and over again until it's like gone. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> So yeah, I think this is one of those situations that until you learn how to have, and I'm not saying like, this is a character flaw, or this is a mistake, like this is something we literally all struggle with. And it's up to us to make the decision every time a situation like this presents itself. But every time your brother wants to call, every time that someone knocks on your door, every time that a telemarketer calls or an email comes in or whatever the distraction is that you're allowing to pull yourself out of that flow that you're getting into with your work, that's the critical moment for you to get to decide Am I going to respect myself and my business as Rena was just talking about? Is this something that is going to further my business or is this something that can wait and I can address later somehow? So you get to say yes or no. That's one of the hardest things I think for women in particular to do. I don't see my guy friends or acquaintances in the industry having as much of a hard time saying no. So maybe that's just mm-hmm. something that we're learning about ourselves, that you're learning about yourself and that you're at least acknowledging is a problem. And then that's how you are able to move forward from here by first acknowledging it and then maybe implementing some of the tactics and techniques. Yeah, for sure. I think that's such great insight. I wanted to ask you a question. So now that we've kind of talked about this boundary thing, the other thing that you mentioned at the beginning was like, how do I create boundaries around my time? When do I do housework? How do I you know, when do I take care of my family time? When do I take care of like work time? So tell us a little bit more about that. And let's see if we can get more insight on that one. It's a day to day struggle. So I have, you know, an eight year old son who he's in, I guess he's just wrapping up second grade. He's only got a week of school left. And then I have a six month old baby. So I don't have, you know, any day to day childcare for her. She is my tiny little office assistant. And it's hard to juggle especially with her since she's home all the time, you know, it's hard to juggle. Okay. When do I, you know, make the time to do stuff with her, you know, baby stuff and take her outside to play and and all the fun things with little girls. And, you know, then when do I, you know, chain myself to my office and say, this is it. This is my office time, which I can do sometimes while she naps. And then other times she will sit and play very well in the office and be her own, you know, best friend. But it's day-to-day struggle of what do I do? When do I do it? What should I be doing right now? Seriously, a struggle. So tell me before we even talk about time, generally, what are the big tasks in your business? Maybe like business task buckets. So it sounds like you're editing. What are some of the other like big time chunks? It's editing. It's 
you know, emails with clients, you know, scheduling their, their sessions, things like that. And scheduling the social media and the, the blogging. Those are the big ones. Okay. So editing, like photo editing, emails and sort of correspondence stuff with clients, scheduling social media. Is that what you said? Yes. And I'm guessing like you have to put together some social media captions and stuff like that and all that stuff, all of that stuff. So there's a couple different things happening. So obviously the photography stuff, the email stuff, which is like, you know, taking care of your clients. And then there's the marketing end that's happening as well, as well as you're like getting ready for you're doing some one-on-ones with clients and also you haven't talked about this at all on air, I don't think. And you're also leading a workshop. So tell us a little bit about that and like, where does that fit into this picture? The workshop gets, gets worked in haha. <laughs> here and there in between all of that. I'm uh-huh. writing, you know, the content for the, for the workshop and getting, you know, the slideshows and, and all of that put together and, you know, talking to the different vendors that are going to be involved so that it gets wiggled in. It does not have its own sort of chunk of time or chunk of the day okay. that gets set aside specifically. Okay. So I'm just adding workshop as like a possible chunk of time because it will take time to, to put it together, right? And Even it, if should, it should get its own attention. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So are there any other slots that you feel like should get time, but aren't currently getting time? Not that I can think of. Okay. Cool. So editing, email, scheduling, your social, or just like putting together the marketing and social and then workshop time. And how many hours of the day do you, would you say like on average, are you working in the past? Like if you look back mm, two weeks and I would really recommend like time tracking for sure for you, but just thinking back on the last two weeks, how much time do you spend working? probably spent five to six hours a day Mm -hmm. on office time. Yeah. And how does that feel? Not enough. Well, I'm comfortable with the number because, you know, of course, we didn't quit our nine to five day jobs to work 44 seven. Right. Yep. So I'm comfortable with that number, but I just, I don't think I'm using my time wisely. Got it. Cool. Okay. So I think the things that, and Christina, I'm curious about your perspective on this, but I think that for me, whenever I have these big buckets of things that come up every single week, so like for you, it's editing, those emails, those schedule things, those things come up every single week. How can we help you to batch them when your brain is most functional for those activities? So for example, if something is a little bit more tedious or something that's a little bit more social, I like to put in the afternoon because my best time is in the morning. So content creation, social media, like copywriting, all of that stuff gets done in the morning. And then anything that's a little bit more admin-y happens in the afternoon. So I'm just thinking about like knowing your schedule, knowing that you have a six-month-old, What's when is the best time, the most concentrated effort amount of concentrated amount of time and that you can put towards like really good work? I think that it feels like my my brain is more functional in the afternoon once I've you know woken up and eaten and gotten the day going. Yeah, it can definitely hammer out the good stuff. Comes to me in the afternoons. Cool, that's that's great to know. And how does your daughter in the afternoon? Sorry, Christina. She naps well. She's she's napping right now, so she's she's an after lunch napper. She gives me about two hours. On a good day, knock on wood. 
So, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty well uninterrupted. Assuming cool. my brother doesn't talk. Yeah. My only hesitation as far as time tracking goes is that we can be highly inaccurate if we're just guesstimating. And so I really recommend to anybody listening out there that you go and install a tool like rescue time. I believe they have a free plan that obviously has like ads and all that annoying stuff. I think mine is like $56 a year and it automatically logs all of my time. So I can look back at any week and I can see how many hours my laptop was open. It automatically, after you have it set up, it's super easy to set up. It'll prompt you. So for example, if it sees you're on Facebook a lot, it'll say like, is this actually business or is this social? So if you're not using Facebook for your Mm. business, which most of us are, then you can let the thing know that it's actually for your business. So I love rescue time for that reason. And it actually showed me that I was working a lot less than I thought I was. So like when my family was accusing me of working a ton, I'm like, guys, I work less than 40 hours a week. And, you know, like, I'm sorry that it's happening during, you know, like dinner time, but (laughs) that was able to tell me exactly when I was working. And I actually always thought that I was a productive morning person. But what I found is that consistently I was most productive right after lunch. And so that's when I knew to move my most productive tasks or like my most like creative big thinking tasks to like early afternoon. And then I noticed like in the middle of the afternoon, kind of like around three to four or five, that like two hour block, my creativity and my productivity just like totally dipped. So that's when I knew that I needed to go out and like do something else. So for example, a lot of people are like, Oh, you ski all the time, Christina. That's so nice. You get to do that every day. And it's like, well, I've strategically timed that to happen when my creativity and my like brain power is at its lowest. So that's when I'll go for a walk. That's when I'll go skiing. That's when I'll do something that I just like don't have to think about. And so using an app like rescue time can be super helpful for those reasons. And then more because it's just, we are not very accurate, I believe, (laughs) um, (laughs) tracking our time manually, at least. But that's my opinion. (laughs) I would totally agree with that. I think, you know, anything like rescue time or moment, which is another app or toggle even to track your time can be really, really helpful. And I also just try to notice as much as I can. This is just part of mindfulness in general, I think, is like, how am I feeling right now? Right now I'm feeling excited or I'm feeling really energized in my body or I feel really drained. And noticing those trends is really helpful. So I think you already know about yourself that you get your most creative work done in the afternoon. You get a lot of like that creative juice flowing and powerful work done in the afternoon. So maybe doing some of that editing work in the morning or some of the emails or responding in the morning to take care of that stuff so that the plate is clear in the afternoon. And hopefully the data, right, the the rescue time or whatever the app is, Mm -hmm. will support that perspective and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Another thing that you mentioned is, okay, how do I make sure that I'm doing mom time well? Because that's something that's super important. And maybe you need to spend that mom time in the morning, you know, really pouring into the little one in the morning, you know, going to the park or doing something fun for her so that she can have a really good nap after Mm -hmm. lunch and kind of like making making that a priority in a time that doesn't feel as productive for you, I think would be really helpful. So here's like in my head, if do you typically work like Monday to Friday and 
like the five hours each day kind of thing? Or what days of the week are you typically working? I Yeah, typically, typically more like Tuesday to Friday. And then okay, the weekends, cool. I'm shooting weddings. So I'm working then to sure. kind of give myself Mondays to that sounds like a great idea yeah okay so Tuesday to Friday and then like the mornings are sort of you know add mini tasks or something that feels a little bit more I don't know redundant e or editing just things that are a little bit a little bit more mindless and the real big thinking fun work has, has to happen in the afternoon or like even playtime in the mornings or whatever. And I feel like you can like chunk out those afternoons so for that workshop stuff or scheduling your social media or not scheduling, but like writing your content for social media and maybe spending the, the next morning doing the scheduling stuff and like kind yeah. of breaking those things down. Because what you said about scheduling your, your social media isn't one task. It's like four different tasks, right? right? It's writing the, the social media. It's finding those images and graphics. It's putting that blog post together or whatever it is that you're doing. And then you have to schedule it. So I think right. scheduling the post takes, you know, hardly any brain power. It's everything before you actually exactly. get to schedule it. Exactly. That's a big hang up for people is that we put tasks like scheduling my social media, but you haven't done the actual work that needs to get done before you can schedule the social social media, right? So I've I think that you about do- breaking that up into different Awesome. Like, well, I'm glad that that's like Yeah. So the bucket for you is like creative time needs to get spent on the actual content creation in the afternoon or whatever time is good for you. And then the next day you can do it to like actually do the scheduling and do the mindless part in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm going to try that. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. I love it. (laughs) I think a lot of overwhelm and not knowing where to start, it comes from at the beginning, you feel like you have to be doing everything all at once. And literally the only thing you have to be doing at the end of the day, if you're a photographer, I mean, you're kind of a little bit different and because you're serving two different populations, but choose the population that is making you the most money. I would like if we're starting from square zero, choose -hmm. the population that's making you the most money and figure out how to maximize that. And so if your time is not best spent on Instagram, for example, ours wasn't like at the contract shop earlier this year, there was a time I think I like just didn't go on Instagram for two months straight. And it was because our time was better spent getting visible on different channels other than Instagram. And so that was really, really difficult because it's like, well, that stinks. You know, like everybody's looking at your Instagram. That's where they're like first looking to find you or find information. And that's a really hard thing to give up. But if you're looking and you're asking your leads where they're finding you and they're all saying, you know, the not or Google search or something like that, that's where you should be spending all of your time. And then when you have, when you've done that so much that you've gotten so fast at whatever it is that's helping you out there, whether it's collecting reviews for Google or writing blog posts that help you show up more higher organically in the search results, once you've gotten that down, then you can move on to the next thing. So maybe that next referral source was Instagram and you know you find out that it's the hashtag your city photographer or something. So that's the kind of stuff that I think can help cut down on the overwhelm, but it's really difficult to do. So I like the idea of batching and then, but like taking it a step further and looking at like what is actually getting you results, batch that first, not with the world or like the, the online course that's being advertised in your Facebook feed or what all your friends who aren't making any money, like stop listening to all those sources <laughs> And just look at your own analytics and your own data. And if you don't have that, if you don't know what that is, 
Are you using Squarespace, WordPress? What are you using for your website? Squarespace. Squarespace. So Squarespace has built-in analytics that are awesome. They're perfect for businesses getting started. And so that's where you can really start to look and crack down and see like, okay, 50% of our traffic was direct search. That means that they're finding out about me from somewhere else and typing our URL directly into their browser. Figuring out how that traffic is coming to you is essential to grow your business and to continue to get new leads so that you can charge a higher price, work less, and then move on to the next thing or outsource your Instagram or whatever it might be. But I think too often people are looking outside instead of looking inside. And like the answers are all inside and there's no online course that can tell you what the answers are for your business. You have to figure that out first. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good, Christina. Woo. (laughs) Yeah, girl. Okay. Another thing that I wanted to say, Anne, is before we wrap this up, another thing that like a lot of people get stuck in with the the time stuff is we put these massive tasks on our to-do list. And I want to ask everybody who's writing a to-do list, which is pretty much everyone, is the thing that you're putting on your list a 30 to 60 minute task? Because if it isn't, then you need to break it down. So scheduling is great. This is like an exa- perfect example. Like Scheduling your social media is one task, but what are the other tasks that need to happen under it? All the content creation, the blog post, all of that stuff. And so whatever you're putting on your list, like editing, I need to edit this particular set of my client pictures. And I know that I typically can get X number of photos done in an hour. So that's one task, right? Like break it out so that you know exactly how many things you have to get done in a day. And our brains like it when you cross things out. So break it out, cross it out, and then feel great about the progress that you made that day. I love a to-do list. I love a good to-do list too, but so many people write a really bad one. So that's my tip for the day. All right. So before we wrap this up, tell us what are your action items for what you're going to do? We talked about your brother. We, I think it was your brother. Yes. Maybe you didn't say. Yeah, um, well, we're throwing them under the about, bus. So. Sorry, brother. It's all right. We're, we're going to have conversations and we talked about you on podcast. <laughs> and we talked about a couple of different things. And we talked about, Christy, talked about it, like looking at the, the analytics and the data and stuff like that. So what are your action items from this conversation? So yeah, first things first, I'm definitely going to talk to my brother. I'm going to explore this idea of Voxer, which I'm excited that you told me about. And talk to him and just be like, look, dude, I swear I really work. You know, I'll call you on a certain day. You know, I'll check in on Wednesdays and we'll talk about our week. And maybe if I take the step forward to initiate the phone call with him instead of him always calling me, I think that might work out well. But I'm also going to definitely check out some of those those time tracker apps, see see when I really am working. Because, you know, especially with a, with a little one that's around too, I very well could not be as working, working quite as much as I think I am. And then, yeah, definitely break up that, you know, the example of, you know, scheduling social media is so much more than just scheduling social media. You know, spend the afternoon. I love it. Yeah, spending the afternoons writing the content. And then the next morning, I'll go in and figure out what to post when. I think that's going to be a game changer. Fantastic. I love it so much. Okay. So where can everyone find you and connect with you? Because I know a lot of people are going to be listening and be like, I totally empathize with that. That's my life. Everybody's going to want to know what I said to my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Touche, touche. So where can people find you? Um, So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. My two different companies, I'm Ann Casey Photography. 
first and foremost. And then I actually have another company. It's Be More Boudoir. The nickname for Baltimore is Be More. So that's where we came up with that. I'm on Instagram and Facebook for those as well. And my websites for both are annkaseyphotography.com and bemoreboudoir.com. Super simple. Fantastic. And you guys, just so you know, Anne left us a review on iTunes, which is one of the reasons why she's on the show. We're so excited to feature people who are part of our community. And so I'm not saying that you're going to be on a mentoring session because you leave us a review, but we do read all of our reviews and we do ask people who do leave us reviews onto the show. So go and leave a review if you've listened to a podcast, which you are doing right now. So everyone out there, go build your creative empire and write a good to-do list. Are you ready to build your own empire? For more information, show notes, downloads, and tips on how to do it, head to www.creativeempire.co, where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all, encouraging you to build your own creative empire. If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 